0: We are back. Welcome to another episode of Two on OSU. We really do appreciate you listening and following along as Ben and I cover Oklahoma State's season for sellout crowd. Ben, it's the middle of football season. This episode is to preview Oklahoma State's upcoming game against Kansas. Can the Cowboys create some sort of a win streak? Can they turn um, what was an impressive display of life into something larger? And uh, could this be the start of a run or was last week maybe the peak in, in, in a season of valleys. So we'll get into that, but if you've been listening for a while, you know our sponsors, and we'd appreciate you to get to know them if you don't know the folks at MidFirst Bank, Laser Light and Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Fire Lake Casino, and Oklahoma Ford dealers. Remember, drive into your best Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Ben, welcome into the show, plenty to talk about, first ranked opponent, Kansas, what do you got? Yeah, it's 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 honestly kind of weird to be saying that, but it just makes sense. I mean, the Jayhawks have, in these last few years under uh, Lance Leopold, really cemented themselves as kind of a problem for the rest of the Big 12, and certainly for OSU. Um, the Jayhawks, you know, ha- handled OSU easily last year in, in, in Lawrence, I know that was kind of Garrett Rangel's introduction. Um, and it didn't go so great. So, so we'll we'll have to see how how Alan Bowman's introduction to the Jayhawks uh, goes on Saturday. That's exactly right. I'll run it down for everyone at home. The Jayhawks are coming in at number twenty-four in the AP poll. They're five and one, and that game's in Boone Pickens Stadium at two thirty, airing on Fox Sports One. Ben, the Jayhawks are favored by three. To me, that probably feels about right. But like you said. Even though the Jayhawks are playing in a road game, you know, the Cowboys are going to be facing a backup quarterback in Jason Bean. Uh, probably the report right now is Jalen Daniels is doubtful to play. Of course, he was Kansas's Big 12 preseason, or the Big 12 preseason player of the year, that Kansas quarterback. But Ben, like you said, the Jayhawks played Jason Bean against Oklahoma State last year and had rousing success with it. Yeah, they did. I mean, Bean... Uh... He's presented some problems to OSU. He looked super efficient, super great, went 18 for 23 for 203 yards and a touchdown. Um, and he also hurt the, the Cowboys on the ground last year, which I mean, the Cowboys just looked terrible in that game. I mean, it, it was, it was just part of a, a stretch where they didn't really have an identity last year. And the Jayhawks really exploited that. That win last year broke up a huge streak of Kansas Jayhawk, uh, losses in the series and, you know, I, I'm anxious to see if if you think Cowboys are going to start something, you know, new here and, and get back to the status quo, or if this is going to be more of a back and forth type deal uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, you know, I, I think it'll be more back and forth. Just because don't hear what we're not saying. Just because Jason's Bean has had success against Oklahoma State doesn't mean he's you know a better player than Jalen Daniels. The Jayhawks are undeniably better when Jalen Daniels is playing and he's healthy, but. What we are saying is Jason Bean is a good backup, and he has a similar style to, to uh, Jalen Daniels. They're both big on the ground. I remember la- last year, ben, uh, Jason Bean, I think he had a 73-yard rush rush for a touchdown, and um, like I said, two through the air, too. But yeah, Mike Gundy said, hey, the Cowboys, they're going to prepare for Bean, but not a lot changes w- when, um, when, when KU uh, has whichever quarterback that they're playing. They're just great on the ground, period. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we all know about Devin Neal, Um, and he's been great this season, of course, so far. Uh, He's gone over 85 yards in four of five games. Um, But there's another guy, Daniel Hyshaw, who's also really kind of taken a step up and taken on some of that uh, backfield work, and you might know him uh, from, he's from Moore, Oklahoma. Uh, He's a guy the Cowboys recruited a little bit, but maybe didn't pursue uh, enough or or, or at least uh, enough to get him as you know, just kind of uh, didn't didn't see maybe him developing into uh, the big strong back. Mike Gundy told us that he did uh, in his in his playing well at Kansas. Mike Gundy said, "Yeah, we we kind of missed on him, um, and, and it's and it's showing up." He I know he had a a huge touchdown run uh, in the Jayhawks last game. He he's looked really good so far. Yeah, and Kansas overall. Granted, this stat is helped by having rushing quarterbacks who can escape the pocket, rip off huge chunks, but. Against Big Twelve teams, KU's averaging six point eight yards per rush. So, Highshaw, Devin Neal, those guys are legit. In um, whichever quarterback they play, they're a threat too. So, the the Cowboys they need to stop the the run to to have a chance against the Jayhawks. And I, I know the the key guy that that you'll bring up Ben is Nick Martin um, and his monster performance last week. But I think it starts with with the D line. I think you got to get a huge push from Justin Kirkland from Colin Clay the nose tackle to help keep the Cowboys to where if the Jayhawks can get up big and just lean on the rushing game, that's bad news. What Mike Gundy said, what worked so well against Kansas State last week was they got it to where Will Howard needed to pass. uh, K-State felt like they needed to put some points on the board before the half and take risks. Remember, Will Howard threw a pick six that really flipped the game. So if you can keep Kansas to where they can't just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball in the third and fourth quarters, then Oklahoma State has a real shot to win this game. But I think that's the key for the Cowboys is get the Jayhawks away from their strength, get them to need to pass. Yeah, you got to make sure they're uncomfortable back there because otherwise it's just going to be kind of status quo for the Jayhawks and uncomfortableness is, is what Mike Gundy attributed to getting all those turnovers last week against Kansas State and the turnovers are have been kind of the missing piece for this defense. We've seen them on fourth down make stops. We've seen them, you know, shut out teams in the second half and in the first half. But the turnovers, um, those are game changers. Like, like you know, the turnover battle is so important to winning football games at any level. And the Cowboys hadn't been doing that until last week when it showed up. Um, but the guy I'm looking at, Sam, to, to clean up and stop some of this run game is, is Nick Martin. How could you not be looking at him After 17 tackles... Last game, you talked about Brian O'Der's three three five scheme. You know Justin Kirkland kind of soaks up uh, the middle of the defense and, and clogs everything up, and you know lets uh, spas- uh, fast linebackers um, run run free behind him and make tackles like Nick Martin did on Friday night. Yeah, um, and Ben, I-, I know you have more coming about Nick Martin, so I, I want to plug that story. But seventeen tackles—that's ridiculous, and and for a guy to, to step up where hey. The Cowboys were playing on Justin Wright, transfer from Tulsa, being a big part of the defense, being a big part of the three in the the middle of, of that 3-3-5. Three, three, so with, with Justin Wright out, Nick Martin goes from one of those younger guys that you, the, the Cowboys want to see play well to, hey, the, they got to throw Nick Martin out there and, and just kind of let him loose a little bit. And that worked out well against the Wildcats. Yeah, and Nick Martin's one of those linebackers who's just – fun to watch because you don't see someone, I mean, play the game as violently, uh, frankly, as as Martin does. Mike Gundy, he had one of my favorite quotes of the year, just describing how Martin played. He said, he's a guy that will will strike you. And and that's just such a descriptive kind of wording of, of how Martin plays. I talked to coach uh, Josh Gibson, who is a uh, head coach at Pleasant Grove High School in, in Texarkana, where Martin's from and where Martin played. And I mean, that Texarkana team is a juggernaut. They just knocked off the number nine team in all of Texas and beat them by, you know, like 40 points. Um, but Pleasant Grove coach, he, he told me Nick Martin is the most physical player he's ever coached. And that comes from a guy who has uh, SEC you know, uh, defensive linemen and captains on his team right now and has, uh, has had all sorts of success. Xavier Benson is from Pleasant Grove. So Nick Martin's a guy. Uh, to watch because you just do not see many players play with the physicality and violent and violency, violentness that uh, Nick Martin plays with. Violency, violentness, I think violence. Like violence Bin. <laughs> um, that's kind of hilarious. That one of Oklahoma State's most physical players comes from a a school named Pleasant Grove. That isn't that like uh, naming your your fr- uh, very cuddly, cute. Foot high dog spike that, that, that's just funny, but yeah, no, no, no doubt, R- really fun to watch, and um, he'll be out there a ton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> C- can I make a weird segue, Ben? I, it, this has just been on my mind uh, before we jump back into the game, but previewing Kansas, I, 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 depending on how late you're listening to this podcast, it's either fresh news or news that happened yesterday. But it, it's just weird that the Kansas sanctions and Oklahoma State putting out a statement of the basketball world comes up when we're previewing the Kansas week for for Oklahoma State in football yeah the Kansas Jayhawks of course uh got off you know relatively light um and a hundred percent light when compared directly to what the Oklahoma State Cowboys uh, went through a couple years ago and that has a, a lot of people up in arms especially around Stillwater I know OSU put out a statement uh Mike Boynton seemed to tweet about it um just talking about the importance of getting back to work I don't know Sam if if I were hit, if if Ben Hutchins Inc were hit with any sort of NCAA corporate, uh, um, NCAA sanctions, I I don't know if I'd um, cooperate or or accept or welcome those people into my home. It just seems like the Kansas Jayhawks have um, you know just uh, kind of did it the traditional way, and and that's uh, certainly benefited them in this case. You know my soapbox, Ben. The rest of the public doesn't, but I think self-imposed bans and, and suspensions and penalties. I think it's an extremely dumb concept. Don't get me wrong. The schools that do it are smart because the NCAA puts so much weight on them. But I think that it's just so dumb that the NCAA appreciates self-imposed penalties and stuff and uh, takes those into account because all you do is you self-impose a penalty. The, the, The thought process behind that, if you're a school, is just, hey, we know we did something bad. Let's punish ourselves a little bit just so we don't get the full weight of it but that just to me leads to um suspicions being car- carried out uh there's what's the word I'm looking for it's it's an um an unequal uh sharing of of punishment here it's i i don't i don't like self-imposed bans i i hate that whole concept it it feels maybe like the kid who uh hits hits a baseball you know through through the window and breaks the window and um, he knew he wasn't supposed to be playing baseball in the backyard, but he goes in and says, "Hey, you know mom, like 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 i I broke that window um i will go sit in time out as a way to get out of maybe the uh the grounding or the the xbox getting taken away it just seems seems kind of like that, and I don't know, I don't think self imposed penalties are really seen in a lot of areas outside of college sports, exactly. Ben, let's get back on track, talk about the Kansas game. The Cowboys, this is worth stating, they still are looking for their, their first ranked win. This will be the first ranked opponent that they've played so far. Maybe a lot of people thought it would be Kansas State, but Kansas State ended up being just outside of uh, the top 25 last week. Ben, who needs to step up for for the Cowboys? And I know we're, we're in agreement on this. We both had one player that we wanted to talk about. T- tell the folks about the guy that we think Oklahoma State needs to have a good game and could be poised for a breakout. Rashad Owens is the guy, Matt um, Whiteout for the Cowboys, who's going to need to to step up and have a big game. And I mean, Rashad Owens is a guy who's been around uh, a-, a long time, is a veteran guy, a uh, stable presence in the Cowboy uh, receiving room, and just one of the guys I think people look to. Um, and and he's he's not been able to to stay on the field a lot in his career, and has has battled some injuries and. Um now is the time for, for Rashad Owens to really break out and, and he and he he played well against Kansas State. Um and he needed to, Sam, because there's no more Deshaun Stribling. Um I I mean we've seen uh, Arlen Bruce, uh, you know, the the Cowboy wide receiver transfer, not even be able to take the field. So now without Stribling for the entire season, the, the cowboy uh microscope, the microscope is on the cowboy wide receiver room. And I think Rashad Owens is gonna have to be one of those guys um who's been in the system a long time. Knows what to do. Uh, I think he's going to have to be one of those guys to, to have a big rest of the season and a big game to knock off the ranked team. Okay, maybe not in agreement as much as we thought because um, we talked about the receiver room. I was thinking more Jaden Bray. I, I'm waiting for that big game f- from Bray. He has the most yards uh, of any Cowboy receiver this year, 198. Um, and Presley has 138. So uh, that's where you're at, Pre- Presley being number two. But I guess I'm just waiting for that Jaden Bray explosion. And it's felt. Close. Alan Bowman, he's thrown he's thrown nice deep balls, maybe just a little off. Maybe there's some catchable balls that, that don't happen. But I'm waiting for the the Jaden Bray 130-yard two-touchdown game that I think will probably come at some point, especially like you said, Ben, with Oklahoma State being down some targets. I think Jaden Bray will get some passes drawn up his way. He'll be an emphasis for Casey Dunn. Um, but, yeah, in, in Kansas – they have some hard hitters in that secondary. Uh, I, I always like have have watched, like watching Kobe Bryant play the the Kobe with the C, um, the the Jayhawks cornerback there, and he has two interceptions this year, so he's tied for the lead. But Kenny Logan, man, he's just a hard hitter, senior safety back there. So um, I, I don't know if you were in, I forget which huddle you were talking to in, in preseason or um, this week talking with players, but we were talking with Brendan Press a little bit about it, and he's like, "Yeah, I know." I know those guys are hard hitters, so he's aware of it, but um, Brennan's role in the Cowboy receiving room, I thought became a little more defined. He got like eight or nine touches last week, threw a pass, caught passes, um, rushed, but that's Brennan's role, is being the all-around guy who helps Oklahoma State move the chains, and Jaden Bray has the chance, I think, or Rashad Owens in your case, Ben, to be maybe the guy that Blows the top off the defense once or twice and gets 150 yards or something like that. Yeah, and we've we've seen this season, you know, Jaden Bray separate and, and and get to those places. It's just been a matter of maybe some catchable passes um, hitting the ground or 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 other things that just haven't allowed him to have that huge breakout game. Um, I, I think it's coming. I, I think uh, as Alan Bowman and, and, and continues to find guys deep. I mean, I think somebody. I think it might have been you, Sam. Like Alan Bowman throws a nice looking deep ball. Uh, yeah. So yeah. so I think it's just a matter of time before the Cowboys start catching them because it has to be. I mean, the last, last time against K-State, there were some uh, balls dropped right in the bucket, just not caught. And I guess the big thing with that always, but it was especially prevalent last week against Kansas State when Oklahoma State played them, was you got to pass protect for really any sort of breakout to happen. So Alan Bowman, I said he wasn't sacked last week. Ben, you had the stat. He wasn't even hurried or hit. Um, so for, for, for the Cowboys to protect Bowman like that, if they can do that again, then that's an environment, especially conducive for a wide receiver to break out. Yeah. It's amazing what happens, what, 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 what there can be when there's more time in the pocket. And, uh, I mean, you talked about the Cowboys not even allowing a quarterback hit on a pass rush. Well, it was, uh, according to pro football focused, the Cowboys best grade anywhere of this season, I mean their their pass protection last week was the best area OSU's played at all this season. So it's going to be uh, something if if they can repeat that, or will will it kind of fall back to uh, fall back to the norm? We'll, we'll we'll see. But certainly an encouraging performance against a Kansas State defense that that has some good pass rushers. Okay, Ben. Before we jump into the two minute drill, I'll get your score prediction. And I know you might not necessarily toot your own horn, but you did get the, the matchup right last week. And Not many people were with you thinking that Oklahoma State would upset Kansas State. Um, I certainly was not one of them, but you had it right. Can Oklahoma State make it 2-for-2 two two against the Kansas teams? I think they will, Sam. This is just another case of the Cowboys being a home dog. Um, and it, it seems like a, like an underrated Oklahoma State team right now, I think. Uh, after the bye week, they've certainly looked a lot better. They even looked a lot better against Iowa State. Um, just, just weren't able to get that win. So I think in their last two games in conference play, Oklahoma State's looked better and the turnovers were, were, were something I, I said, Hey, they, they're going to need these to win. So I think the Cowboys are going to do it. Uh, score prediction. I think this one's lower scoring, run dominated. Clock is going to be, uh, eaten up a lot. I'll go with something like 20 to 17. Oklahoma State okay I'm again gonna be on the other side of the fence I I guess I I lean Kansas in this game and and, and my reasoning for that is what what the Cowboys did last week I thought their defense played so well and the offense moved the ball so well and they still were in a, a game that felt like it could go either way late so I guess the, the red zone production kind of scares me a little bit. I don't think the Cowboys will have to kick six field goals again tomorrow. I don't know if that'll ever happen again in the Gundy tenure. But um, the the Cowboys really struggled to put that game away against Kansas State when, let's be real, Kansas State kind of did them some favors of, of making mistakes that they don't usually make. You know, Will Howard made some passes that, I mean, I just think he, he had a bit of a rough game. And, um I've I i, I I've seen what Jason Bean can do, even though he's the backup. I, I have to assume that, that he'll play a little better in that role. So I, I lean Kansas in this game, um, and, and the Cowboys have been so consistent in their point scoring. 27, 27, I mean 7 against South Alabama, but 27 again and then 29. So I'll, I'll go somewhere around that range. I'll, I'll go Kansas 30, Oklahoma State 26. Split again. We'll see. One of us is gonna be right. Let's jump into the two-minute drill, Ben. We missed it last week. No doubt about it. Yeah. Which uh, first one? We'll start off, Sam. Which OSU receiver is going to lead OSU in yards on Saturday? I will go Brennan Presley, especially if we count all-purpose yards. Um, th- that's the cheat code. So, uh, all red flag on question not being super descript. but. All-purpose yards? Totally, Brennan. Even receiving yards. I think Brennan gets the edge. He was successful getting the ball early um, last week. Do it again. The Cowboys feed him. Mike Gundy said as much. Casey Dunn said as much. You got to feed him. All right, I'm not going for the cop-out answer. I'm going straight receiving yards, and I think Rashad Owens is going to lead the Cowboys in receiving yards. Uh, He's had nine catches all year, and five of them came against Kansas State last week. He turned it into 75 yards, and I even had a 45-yard burst, so I think Rashad Owens is going to step up and lead the Cowboys in receiving yards. Sam, the second question. Last year broke a streak of 12 straight OSU wins in the KU-Oklahoma State series. Are we ever going to see that happen again with uh, two Big 12 teams? No, never. And not only because I don't think Kansas will ever reach the depth that they were at. You know, for a while, losing to Kansas was not only, oh, that's a bad loss. No, that's embarrassing. That's enough to get Charlie Strong fired. That's what type of deal it was. But my reasoning is with NIL, with the transfer transfer portal being everywhere, I just don't think, I think the floor of teams is being elevated a little bit. You know, every team only has so much money to go around. And instead of one team having all the good players, teams can afford to just, Go snag a linebacker, switch money around. It's like everyone's working on a budget instead of knowing no one having a budget. Everyone's working on a budget. I think it leads to an even more even playing field going forward. No more twelve game winning streaks among conference foes. I agree. Parity is is more rampant than ever in Big Twelve football, in college football, uh, in the NFL, probably in high school football. So I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I think twelve wins says more about. What Kansas was doing than anything OSU was doing, um, but but I think uh, that's that those days are gone. Okay, that's all for us. Thank you for watching, listening to on OSU, and we especially appreciate subscribing, rating, leaving a review, doing all that. Um, unless you didn't like it, if you hate the show, I guess don't leave a review. But if you did, we'd appreciate a review. It helps us out, and we'll be back all all season long, finishing the Cowboy football. And then we'll be, of course, covering Oklahoma State softball, Oklahoma State basketball, all Oklahoma State action that you want to know. So thanks for following along, and we'll be back next week.